welcome to the One Foot Down Podcast. This is our episode number 15, our Air Force review. The Irish come away with a 45-10 to 10 win over the Falcons. I have with me today Lars coming in from Canada. Lars, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. It's uh, very wintry up here. We probably got about six inches of snow on the ground here today, so... Uh, Nice to be in a, you know, in the inside in the warmth and uh, chatting with you. See now here in Western New York, we're actually uh, begging for the snow because we're in that the dark doldrums of the cold, rainy fall. Everything's dark, but you don't get that nice white snow. So I'm I'm kind of jealous of you right now. Yeah, yeah. The first snowfall is always great. Actually, playing football, always love the first the first snowfall. It was a lot of fun. You know, once you get into five, six days in a row of it, it gets a little less fun, but certainly that first snow is always a blast. All right, so Notre Dame moves to 6-2 and two with their third straight win uh, this past Saturday afternoon in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, they move up to number 25 in the coaches' poll. They did not break inside the uh, AP Top 25. They are sitting at number 26 with the most uh, other votes, as they call it. Um, I've already titled this podcast before we finished it. I've called this Critiquing a Blowout. So I think today's um, podcast is going to be a bit more negative than usual. I think that's okay to do when we have a blowout and some of the positive stuff is so um, easy to digest and talk about. So the first thing I want to talk about with you, Lars, is um, the running game early on really struggled. Um, I wanted to know you know, wh- why you thought they struggled so much. Um, did you... Did you think it was just Air Force stacking the box? Was it a little bit of the running backs? Was it on the offensive line? Just what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was a little bit of all of those things. Um, you know, certainly it was uh, Air Force bringing a lot of guys into the box, and uh, oddly enough, you know, Air Force's game plan, which seems to be a pretty common game plan against the Irish, was was to stop the run, which. I mean, based on their performance this year, I'm not sure why teams continue to load up against the run. It's not like we've ran the ball particularly effectively other than Oklahoma. And I think you could even make an argument there that uh, that you know those numbers might have been tilted a little bit by some big runs. So I'm not sure why defenses continue to do that. And certainly the Irish made them play. Um, I made them pay, sorry. I, I think one of the things that really stood out for me is we're starting to see a clear separation in terms of the running backs. Um, in particular, I thought uh, George Atkinson um, really took another step backwards, um, which is unfortunate for George, but I think uh, I think it's pretty clear that he's not the number one back on, on the team. Um, you know, and Amir Carlisle, same sort of thing. We just really haven't seen much out of him. He doesn't seem to have quite the pop and explosiveness that uh, we're all anticipating, and uh, he certainly hasn't displayed a whole lot in terms of vision. Um, you know, he runs hard, but, uh, you know, we need more than kind of two carries up the middle out of Amir Carlisle, and he, and he hasn't looked great in the slot either. So I think, you know, you've seen Carlisle and Atkinson uh, certainly drop back, and uh, I think you've seen Cam McDaniel really step up and, and you know, I think probably grab the reins as the, as the number one back on this team right now. Others may not agree with me. And I, I thought you saw uh, Terry and Folston um, do a nice job here this weekend and, and show some of the abilities that he has, although I, I still think there's some things he needs to work on. Yeah, um, I don't know if I saw this on Twitter, but it seems like, uh, or I believe Kelly mentioned after the game that they wanted to get 
George Atkinson and Amir Carlisle going in this game. I mentioned that in my review, and it seemed pretty obvious with uh, Cam McDaniel not getting any carries until the second quarter. Um, do you think we're going to see a change here in the, in the next upcoming games with Folston and McDaniel kind of pushing forward as the, the one and two running backs, or do you think they're still going to try to get Atkinson and Carlisle the ball? I think they're going to keep Atkinson involved in the game plan. I think they're going to continue to try and, and give him the ball. Um, I just I don't see the evidence for for him being the number one guy. I think Cam McDaniel has been the most consistent back on the team. Um, I think he has the widest skill set of all of the backs. And, uh, you know, I think he proved against USC that he has some pretty good athleticism. And I'm going to be... Uh, posting an article tomorrow on that, kind of breaking down a couple plays against USC that really demonstrate his vision and, and uh, his athleticism. So uh, I was, I was to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed with the coaching staff, um, you know, kind of trying to showcase Atkinson and, and Carlisle in the first quarter. Um, I think this Air Force game was a game that we need to come out, really pound the ball and and, uh, and I, I thought it was a game that we really need to get in control right away. And uh, I think that means that you go with your best guys. And I think Cam has shown to be the best, our best guy. And he, in my opinion, he should have started and should have got the bulk of the carries earlier. And then you work Atkinson and Carlisle in. So um, I was a little surprised by that. And, uh, I mean, we saw the results of, of what happened. Although, in fairness to Carlisle and Atkinson, um, certainly Air Force was was doing everything they could to stop the run and uh, but when you watch those two run you just uh, you know you don't get the sense that they're gonna break one you get the sense that they're both kind of dancing around whereas you know with Cam and, and Folston they look dangerous on most plays and if the defense doesn't play them really well they're gonna make them pay. So Carlisle and Atkinson combined for uh, 23 yards on nine carries in this game an average of 2.5 yards um, Folson actually led the team in carries in this game with 11. McDaniel finished the game with 10. Um, you, you spoke a little bit to how well you thought Folston played, but you thought he had some areas to improve. Can you uh, speak to some of those areas you think he needs to work on? Yeah, there's two things that I saw, Eric. The first one was ball security. I think he may have, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he may have uh, even fumbled on his first play in, but uh, but he recovered it. He just keeps that ball's a little loose with him. He doesn't get it up into his ribs, and uh, and so that always worries you. And, and that's always a concern with a young running back coming in, and certainly part of the reason why he hasn't um, gone on the field as much. The other thing is, uh, and he looked good doing it against Air Force, but he still sometimes gets a little bit cute, and, you know, he's making six, seven juke moves, and and uh, and he's pretty good at it, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, he could get away with it against Air Force, but it's certainly not the sort of uh, shenanigans that you're going to get away with against a Stanford or a BYU or something like that. So he, he needs a, his, his running needs to mature at the college level. He's still running a little bit like a high school player, but he clearly has great vision. He seems to have really good power. Um, you know, he's a really sharp looking back. Every time he's out there and he gets the ball, you kind of go, ooh, this guy, this guy could break one here. Uh, did you see anything on the offensive line in this game? We had a, quite a few players uh, rotate in. Um, Watt went down with a knee injury. Still don't know how serious that is. Um, Connor Hanrady came in at left guard. Um, I believe later in the game they took Stanley out of the game. They moved Elmer to 
right tackle, and they moved Hegarty, I believe, to right guard. Um, did you think this was a, a strong performance by the offensive line? I know they pass protected pretty well. What did you think of the uh, the run blocking? Yeah, not not a bad performance. Um, you know, our typical, we do a great job in our pass protection, and certainly when you take a Christian Lombard out of the uh, out of the mix, that's a guy who's got a, a relatively a fair amount of experience, and replace him with a true freshman, you expect there to be some issues, and, and there wasn't a huge number of issues. Um, certainly Notre Dame changed up what they're doing in terms of the blocking scheme, and Brian Kelly talked a little bit about this press conference, and I noticed, I can't remember who it was, but one of our commenters actually picked up on it, yeah, during the game and mentioned it in the, the open thread there. Um, in the second half, Notre Dame started blocking it a little bit differently, and instead of their traditional kind of zone blocking concepts, they started to pull a few more guards and a little more traditional blocking um, just because of what uh, Air Force was doing, and in particular, Air Force was doing a, a pretty nice job with their nose tackle who was getting penetration, and, and that sometimes happens when you're a, a center like Nick Martin who's faced some pretty big nose guards and sort of those traditional nose guards then all of a sudden you play a service academy where you've got you know you're not lining up 320 pound uh, nose guards you're lining up these fast guys who are low to the ground and they get off the ball and and what they do is they penetrate and disrupt so I thought Notre Dame did a nice job of adjusting and you know Air Force wanted to come up and challenge them to uh, to throw it over their heads and so Notre Dame kind of laid off the run a little bit and chucked it over their heads, and that was definitely the thing to do. But I think it was a decent performance from the offensive line. I think we're all still waiting for that breakout dominant performance from them when they just decide we're going to run the ball and and uh, and really run over people, and doesn't matter how many people you put in the, block, the box. We haven't seen that yet. I thought for the most part the young guys did well, and it was good to see them get in there and get some experience. So the offense had a pretty decent day. They had a a great day through the air. Tom Maurice was just dealing out there. He was balling. Completed 17 of 22 passes, 284 yards, five touchdowns. He was sacked once. Um, I think it's a little bit too easy to talk about Tommy in this game. He had a lot of time to throw a lot of open receivers. Um, he did miss a couple of receivers on a couple of his rollout um, passing attempts. He airmailed a couple of those. But besides Tommy Reese, um, I wanted to ask you, Lars, what did you like from the offense in this game? I think the thing that stood out for me was the depth um, that we rolled out, and you can pretty much go position by position, and and it's you know it was pretty impressive performance from the number ones, the number twos, and in some cases the number threes. Um, you know you look at the running backs, we had four running backs get carries. Um, you look at the offensive line, and we played a huge number of, of linemen, including a true freshman. Um, and then you look at what we did with the ball in the air, um, the number of uh, different receivers who caught touchdown passes. Um, you know, we had for sure one, Koyak caught a touchdown pass, and, and Nicholas, I know, caught a few passes. I'm not sure off the top of my head if Nicholas caught a touchdown pass. But, I mean, we had five different receivers uh, catch touchdown passes, which is pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, two of them were true freshmen, which is absolutely awesome. And uh, I think, you know, uh, Fuller really showed a, a burst that uh, I hadn't seen yet. I had heard about his elite speed, but, uh, boy, that uh, that play-action pass touchdown that he caught, he just ran by the, the corner there. It wasn't even a competition. Yeah, I would echo those same thoughts. I thought the depth was really nice. Um, I think this is one of the major takeaways from this season right now. 
Um, I know some people still aren't, still aren't happy with a 6-2 and two record, but um, and this is something I talked about in my recap. Um, there's just a ton of young kids that are playing right now, and not only playing, but um, playing well, you know, going out there and being productive, um, especially some of these receivers with Fuller and Robinson. Um, even James Onowalu's getting some playing time. I know he's not really catching many passes, but um, it's this type of uh, experience that they're laying down now that's going to really help the team in 2015, 2016 when these kids are upperclassmen. Yeah, it's it's huge, and uh, you know that's been one of my kind of frustrations this with the way things have panned out this year is our inability, particularly when we played Temple and Purdue, to kind of put the game away so we could get these young guys in there and get them some experience because uh, we need them moving forward, and there's a lot of talent there. So it would have been really nice to get some of these guys some some playing time. Um, so they could have contributed, and we could have worked out some of those kinks, so they could have contributed even more when we're playing, you know, the Oklahomas and the Michigans and, and those sorts of things. But, yeah, very nice to see the depth, and, and certainly the future is bright. So by my count, I think we had nine offensive linemen play in this game, including um, a walk-on, so uh, use, utilizing some depth there as well. Let's switch sides of the ball and... Uh, Talk about some of your frustrations with the defense, particularly early in that game. What, what did you see that was going wrong for the defense as uh, Air Force was kind of gashing them early on in that first quarter? Well, and, and we all saw this. They were attacking the perimeter, and that's certainly uh, something that teams do in the run game against Notre Dame. They want to attack the perimeter, and, and there's a number of reasons for that. But, you know, we've got an inexperienced uh, guy playing the dog, uh, linebacker, although he's very, very talented. But I think more importantly, our inside linebackers aren't quite athletic enough to consistently get out to that edge. And uh, and our safeties haven't been great playing in space um, and certainly haven't been very aggressive. So Air Force did a nice job of kind of out-scheming Notre Dame a little bit at the start and, and, uh, and getting into situations where you'd have Jalen Smith on the quarterback and there's also a pitch man who is uncovered and the corner would be blocked by by a receiver, so you'd have basically Jalen Smith alone in space with a quarterback and a pitchman, and and uh, option offenses just love that. That's exactly what they're trying to do, and so it created a lot of success for um, for Air Force, and it forced Jalen to really play tentative against the quarterback. And you know, for me personally, when when I'm coaching against an option offense, I really like to try and attack that quarterback because you know you've got an opportunity to get basically a free hit on him, and if you can rattle that quarterback, he's the distributor of the football, and and so if if he's rattled and if he's getting banged up, it's uh, it's certainly much more difficult to to run that offense as well. The last thing you want to do is play tentative against an option offense. It's designed to make you tentative, and uh, so if you don't understand your assignment and you don't execute your assignment aggressively, you're, you're really playing into their hands. So that was the thing that I took away the most from the first uh, quarter in particular and really the first half where Air Force moved the ball pretty well. I just thought Notre Dame was playing tentative. They're getting out-schemed a little bit and even when they weren't out-schemed, uh, in particular I, uh, you know, the safety didn't come up and make some plays that I felt that they needed to play and the inside linebackers just were not flowing to the perimeter very effectively. So um, you know, it was a, it was a a bit of a clinic on option offense, but uh, eventually Notre Dame got it figured out and, and made a few big stops. Yeah, and I seem like I talk about this on a lot of the podcasts. Um, 
that opening drive really kind of colored that whole first half, I thought. Um, Air Force had a 10-play, 71-yard drive that ended in a touchdown. Um, and then they had another drive of 5 for 26 yards, 13 plays for 45 yards, um, a 3-and-out, then only gained 1 yard. And then they finished the half fumbling on a 10-play, 58-yard drive. Um, that's 201 yards in the half for 4.9 yards per, per play. Um, that's a little bit more than what they finished uh, with the rest of the game at. I think they're at 4.4 yards per play. Um, did you think this was more Notre Dame adjusting to the schemes, um, players adjusting to the scheme, um, or did you think Air Force kind of uh, you know, fumbled away their chances with a couple of those turnovers and then maybe going into a shell into the second half when they were down by so much? Uh Pretty much all of the above, Eric. Um, okay. You know, one of the disadvantages when you're playing an option team is, yeah, you can you can practice it all you want against the scout team, but the speed that Air Force can run it at versus the speed that Notre Dame's you know scout team can run it at are two different things. So there's always going to be an adjustment period, and that always makes it very difficult. As well, uh, Brian Kelly mentioned this, and it was pretty obvious watching the game that uh, Notre Dame was having some scheme problems, and that's why Jalen Smith was being uh, left into left alone against um, out on the perimeter there. Uh, in particular, I think they were they were making some of the checks that they'd make against a traditional offense, and so the safeties were were playing deeper and sort of playing pass first when they should be coming up and, and getting aggressive. Um, Notre Dame did do a nice job of making some adjustments. In particular, they started to go into more cover two, and they kind of just let that those corners make some aggressive plays and and get off their blocks and uh, and attack, and just had the safety kind of roll over the top and and uh, cover in case there was a pass, which I really like that adjustment because the reality was, um, you know, I'd rather have Kavari Russell or Bennett Jackson kind of sealing that edge and trying to make a play in open space versus, uh, you know, Farley or um, Collingsworth or uh, uh, Hardy. I, I didn't think that they were playing particularly well, and certainly, especially in the case of Kavari Russell, he was much more aggressive. Um, so definitely some some adjustments made by Notre Dame that that were uh, well timed and I think very very effective. But you know Air Force moved the ball pretty effectively through the first half and I think if I remember correctly even uh, the first drive of the third quarter and um, you know the first fumble in particular from Air Force wasn't forced by Notre Dame at all. So I think you know those turnovers really helped us in terms of you know, backing Air Force up, and especially after the second turnover, they kind of just folded a little bit, I thought. But um, but certainly, I don't think it was a spectacular showing against the option here, and and uh, we're definitely going to need to have a better performance next week again against Navy. I'm kind of wondering if they were almost uh, content to see Air Force keep pounding the ball on the ground, knowing that they probably weren't going to be able to outscore Notre Dame's offense. Um, I brought this up in my review. Air Force only finished with 49 yards passing, which is a season low for them. They did complete eight out of their 12 passes. Um, you know, they're not really like Navy or Army, a team that might go an entire game with four or five passes. Air Force does like to throw the ball a little bit more than those other service academies. So I'm wondering if that played a part at all. Um, let's move on to the next question here, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, what do you think the Notre Dame defense needs to improve upon the most as they head into this weekend against um, the Naval Academy? 
Um, sound like a broken record here, but I think the first priority is safety play. I don't think we're getting good enough out of our safeties. And in particular, I found them to be very tentative. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a play against, I'll go back to the USC game, because, you know, it, we couldn't see the safety play very well against Air Force because of the, the camera work. So, But against USC, there was a play in particular where uh, Joe Schmidt had broke up a pass on the tight end towards the end of the game. And uh, Matthias Farley was in behind him, and uh, you know the ball was had to be thrown up over, I think it was Devin Butler, so there's a little bit of time to get there. Joe Schmidt got, I, he probably closed five, six yards and made the play. And we're talking about a guy who's a walk-on um, linebacker. And then Farley was in behind over the top and should have been able to break on the ball and should have been right there as well. Well, I think he only maybe advanced one or two steps towards the, the receiver. And so, I mean, Farley shouldn't be getting out-sprinted by a walk-on linebacker. And, and, you know, it's things like that that I've, I've seen repeatedly out of the, the safeties that, uh, you know, is really frustrating. They tend to be a little bit tentative. And uh, Hardy, I think, has, has looked fairly tentative when he's been out there as well. Um, Collingsworth tends to be a little more aggressive, but he really struggles with, with angles and open field tackling. So really like to see an improvement uh, with the safeties. So the Irish have played eight games so far. Uh, the season's two-thirds of the way over. Um, I think a lot of people aren't necessarily taking for granted the next few games as Ws, um, as automatic victories. Um, but after watching the Notre Dame play against Air Force, uh, we kind of have a good idea of what we'll see against Navy. Um, there's been some reports already that Knicks might sit out this weekend as well. Um, a handful of other players are nursing some injuries. I'm not sure if any of them are very serious, but we might see um, someone like uh, Ishak Williams or Tavares Daniels set out the game this weekend. Um, Lars, do you feel more confident or less confident about getting to that Stanford game at 9-2 nine, nine and two after uh, eight games so far this season? Oof. Well, I, I'm not sure how confident I was even after the bye week that we would make it there. Traditionally, um, we just play such a tough schedule and, um, you know, traditionally we end up having a game where we kind of get caught by a team that we, we should beat. Um, and, you know, I think we're seeing it right now. We've got a lot of guys banged up, and, uh, you know, the service academies are, are not as talented as, as a lot of Division One teams, but it is very, very physical when you play them. And so that really concerns me. I think Obviously, the team I'm most concerned about now that's starting to, to look better than they did in the, at the start of the year is BYU. Um, you know, that could be a tough game for us. So I'm not feeling super confident that we're going to go into that, um, that Stanford game 9-2, and two, that's for sure. So Navy comes into the game this weekend with a nice win over Pitt. Uh, the Middies are at 4-3 and three on the season. Um, just looking at the rest of the schedule here, we'll play Pitt in two more weeks. Um, they dropped a four and three with a loss to Navy. Uh, BYU moved to six and two um, with a, a nice victory over Boise State. Um, they didn't really dominate that game, but they played pretty well. Um, the Cougars will also have to play Wisconsin in a, um, this upcoming week, and they will have a nice, easy game against Idaho State prior to uh, the game against Notre Dame. Stanford uh, still rolling on after the, even after that loss to Utah a couple weeks ago. Um, they took care of business against Oregon State. That was kind of a 
a slugfest game late last night. Did you end up catching any of that, Lars? No, I did. I didn't catch any of it. The uh, as you've heard me lament many times on the uh, on the site, um, the ability to access college football up here in Canada is uh, is not spectacular. So, no, I didn't get a chance to see it. Well, obviously Stanford's defense very tough. Um, they had a pretty good game running the ball. Kevin Hogan did not throw the ball very well. Um, so I think you know there's a little glimmer of hope in that in that game against Stanford. I think Tommy Reese is really going to have to play well. Um, the passing game is really going to be clicking. Um, hopefully we can see the running running game get a little bit more on track. Um, and uh, I think that game's a lot more winnable than uh, I thought it was a few weeks ago, especially after they lost to Utah and. You know the Stanford offense really isn't uh, as productive as it, it's been in recent years. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for our fifteenth episode of the One Foot Down podcast. Uh, you have anything else to say, Lars, before we get out of here? No, just uh, appreciate being on the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to everyone on the site here in the coming days. All right, I want to remind everyone to go on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Um, check out the site this week. We'll have a lots. A lot of content again this week. Hopefully we'll have two or three posts every day for people to uh, to read and talk about. Uh, we have Navy come up this weekend. A lot of respect to coming back to South Bend. I'm Eric. That's Lars. We will see you next Sunday.